Welcome to the Operation Miss Podcast, where we provide moms with tools to survive pregnancy and thrive postpartum. From healthcare providers and organizations to Miss Moms and moms who survive near-death complications, each conversation will equip moms to have a safer motherhood journey, whether preparing for pregnancy, currently pregnant, or recovering postpartum. It is our sincere prayer that all women who listen will leave with a missed mentality, one where she asks questions unashamedly so she can have what she needs to make an informed decision, where she has more trust in her body's design than she does in medical intervention, and where she allows her data to guide her lifestyle so she shows up to motherhood in her best health. Now, let's listen to today's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Operation Miss podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jessica Thompson. And I'm Catherine Sylvester. So excited to be here with Hank. <laughs> yes, we have a special guest. Today is another one of those episodes where we get to interview one of our Miss Moms, and we have Haley on the call today. What's up, Hi, Haley? everyone. Hey, I'm just glad to be here and share my story. Yes, because it's a beautiful one, y'all. It is. It is. It has every all the components in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's just, let's kind of dive into it because, Haley, you are a mom of two now. Yes. And you became a Miss Mom on, through the second journey. So, tell us a little bit more about, like, your first journey and how that went. Okay. So, um, my first daughter, her name is Emerson, um, and textbook pregnancy. It was wonderful. Um, it was great. Didn't have any type of issues at all. Um, I end up delivering her uh, via C-section though. And of course that was unplanned and, um, caused maybe a little trauma, especially having me a little nervous to even think about, you know, considering a second time around. And so um, just going with her story in general, um, I went into the hospital on um, a Saturday around midnight for her birth. And they said, oh, you know, you're only maybe one centimeter dilated. I said, but if you want to have a natural birth, then, uh, well, an unmedicated birth, they said, we want you to go home and labor. So they sent me home the following morning on that Saturday. And so I went home um, by five o'clock-ish. I started having stronger contractions and my husband was timing them for me. And so um, from then on, I said, okay, I think it's time. Like we might need to go to the hospital. And so then we went to the hospital. We get there and they're like, oh, you're only like three centimeters. And I'm like, what? So uh, I was 40. She was 40 weeks in a day when she was born. Mm -hmm. Um, And so literally went in on my actual due date, uh, the day I was having the contractions. And so I get there and they say, you're only, you know, three, three centimeters. And I say, okay. And so of course, um, as the night is going on, you know, they're saying like, oh, you're not really progressing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you aren't progressing in this amount of time, then we may have to go another route. So I also, 
I had a um, a black nurse practitioner. She was wonderful. Um, and she was definitely advocating for me along with my husband. Um, but of course, because I know how the maternal mortality rate is mm-hmm. and I didn't have a doctor that looked like me, nor was my doctor on call for that particular day, I was nervous. Mm. And so my husband was like, you don't have to have this C-section. And I told him, honestly, I said, well, I'm the one that has to lie on the table. I'm a little nervous. I was terrified even before going in, like that just wasn't the route I wanted to take because so much, you know, you hear all the stories. Mm -hmm. And so um, I told him, I say, if this is what they're saying is best, I said, well, let's just go forth and go with it. Because of course they had given me Pitocin and they said, oh, her heart rate dropped. And so that's usually kind of what happens that Mm -hmm. I found out now, you know, you figure out that, um, you know, it puts like, I guess like a strain or something, it causes those contractions to go harder. Mm -hmm. And so um, I didn't know that at the time, but because they said that that's what happened, I was like, okay. And, you know, they were like, we have to do a C-section now. Mind you, it wasn't right then. Like I had one maybe an hour later because they said that someone was having surgery in the operating room. Mm -hmm. And so um, they came in and they gave me, um, they kept checking me and they were like, you know, you're not progressing. So of course I'm not moving at the speed that they want me to move at. Yeah. Um, And so we go forth and uh, they end up, um, they end up breaking my water and all of that in there. And so I went to the operating room and I end up having her be a C-section. And so, um, as far as the recovery, it wasn't horrible. Um, it was very painful, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. it was you know a major abdominal surgery, but it wasn't it wasn't a horror story of things I've heard or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, with with recovery, but overall, um, you know, I healed well. Um, yeah, it was painful, but you know, outside of that, uh, I was a little nervous to go for another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next time around, because for one, I wasn't very familiar with VBACs. And, you know, not only that, I just kind of felt like I knew VBACs were like a thing, but mm-hmm. I had not known of anyone except for one close friend who had had one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I just thought that, you know, once a C section, always a C section type of thing. Yeah. And so, um, so, yeah. So, you know, finally, like I literally my husband and I, because I would always tell him, like, you know, I'm kind of nervous, like next time around, because so much is just going on. And I was like, I really don't want to have a C-section. And, um, you know, you know, I just don't really know how it's going to go. And I told him, I said, the Lord is really going to have to work on my heart mm-hmm. to tell me that, like it like that is time for another one. Yeah. And so we were. um we had moved to Chattanooga and it was like a time, you know, sometime while we were there where I literally told him, I was like, I think, you know, I said, I really think that, you know, like, like the Lord is really working with my heart. And I think that, you know, we could consider this and he was for it. And he, you know, we were both on the same, like, you know, a, mm-hmm. like accord, and he was mm-hmm. like with it. And, um, literally I was on a birth control um, and I'll never forget, I got off on Halloween. So I got off on Halloween last year. Here we are almost Halloween again. And literally, wow. literally conceived Thanksgiving weekend the following month. 
Oh my God. Yes. So it was very, it was very fast. Um, I mean, which of course is a blessing, but mm-hmm. um, I, I wasn't expecting it to be that fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you prayed about it, the guy was like, okay, and then it happened. Right. Like, I guess he was like, you're right. Like, you came to me and you just might be ready. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get this ball rolling. What, what's crazy about like this first story to me, I feel like a lot of it is centered around time, but like not your timing or like God's timing. It is like on the clock, hospital timing, more like the business side of it. Because I'm glad that they told you that night when you came in at midnight, like go home. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, they could have tried to induce you even like sooner than that or, you know, break your water and do the C-section sooner than what they did. Right. So, I mean, it was, and you know, because of this story, how great it is to labor at home. Well, this next yeah. story coming up. But I really hate that they do that. And for you to describe, like, the fear that you had because all of this is going on around you and, like, the providers are, like, unfamiliar to you. Like, I've heard that a lot from moms because you can advocate for yourself throughout the pregnancy, but like on game day, when you're trying to leave the hospital alive, yeah, baby, it's like, it's almost, and you can tell me how it feels because I've never had a child, but in my mind, it kind of feels like almost you have to kind of be compromising in a way because yeah. you're depending on these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you're literally, in a sense, it's literally like my life is in their hands. Mm. And, you know, because of everything that's going on, it's like you don't want to, it's sad to say, but, you know, you don't want to say the wrong thing or have like a certain type of, you know, like demeanor or attitude towards anything. Because, again, like, you know, my, not only is my life in their hands, but like they're about to have my child in their hands once they deliver them. Okay. And so, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like you just you want to stay on everyone's like good side. You don't want to seem mm-hmm. like you're the one that's kind of like, no, I'm not. I don't want to do that or I'm not going. You know, you don't want to go against the grain in a sense yeah. you know, because they are the ones, you know, that we're trusting per se, you know, mm-hmm. to do what it is that, you know, they've gone to school to do. Yeah. So. You know, I just want to say that you mentioned something about Pitocin and, you know, maybe the baby is not able to breathe as well, or, you know, the heart rate's going to go down. And so just for those listening, Pitocin in the body, or it does not naturally exist in the body, oxytocin exists in the body. And it is released apparently in spurts. So it's never continuous the way that it's continuous when it's put into our bloodstream. And so when they're administering it via IV, as you know, the synthetic version of oxytocin, then it is it is calling the uterus to do so much more work, so much faster. It does contract harder. And so the baby does not get as many breaks, right? Because if the brain were releasing it, then in addition to the communication it has with the uterus it also you know we think about oxytocin it's like the love hormone we think about you know sex and orgasms and trust and things like that but when they make the synthetic version of it because it does not go through the brain it doesn't operate that way in the body and so i heard an analogy or we did through evidence-based birth the other day they talked about how um 
if someone's knocking at your door and you hear it, you might go to the door like the first, second, third time. But if they're just knocking all day, then you're just like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going back to the right. door anymore. And so, um, and so part of the reason that oxytocin causes problems after you deliver is that the uterus is just tired of responding. It's been, it's like Pitocin, 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 Pitocin. And now it's finally like, oh, okay, it doesn't need us. So then we end up bleeding a lot. So we have to understand that there is a role for Pitocin, but that doesn't mean that it should be the go-to, you know, medication. Right. It is that you should let your body labor and be able to listen to your body and trust it. And I guess for me, when you were talking about what I think just what should have been done differently, what could have been done differently, is that if you were in pain and you weren't progressing, where was a doula? Why can't they just have someone on staff to help you maybe change positions or deal with the pain a little bit more, help you mm-hmm. dilate, not just say, oh, okay, well, it's time. And then you made the comment that, you know, apparently it wasn't time, right? Because you still had to wait an hour. So was it really mm-hmm. an emergency or was it just a convenience thing? And thinking about yep. that, you know, can make you frustrated. And like you said, mm-hmm. so I, I absolutely get it. We get it. Um, but it, it's good that you know how to print it second time around. Absolutely. Yeah. And we also learned recently that because, you know, you don't need the Pitocin continuously and if it really if it's used in the right way it can be helpful but it should be like low dose and intermittent mm-hmm. when you're about like six centimeters dilated they should cut it off and mm-hmm. that really does not happen in the hospital that they, they keep it on and sometimes they keep people on the Pitocin even after right delivered and so like Catherine was saying the uterus doesn't get a break um mm-hmm. And then it just increases, you know, your risk of like hemorrhaging and bleeding. Right. It's just too much, which we know is one of the main causes of that maternal mortality, especially for women of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you could describe that first experience in one word, how would you describe it? Oh, gosh. Um, if I could describe the first experience in one word. I would probably say unplanned. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's unplanned. Yeah. I just, I I felt like nothing really, you know, like I said, like my pregnancy was, it was textbook. It was great. But when it came like game time, everything just went left. It was Mm -hmm. unplanned. Yeah, 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 and I feel like, and I also say that, um, outside of just the word unplanned, I would probably say no control mm. and no control, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy because that is your birth experience. Like, none of us would have a job without the mom, like, so you should have some say so, some control over what happens with your body and your baby. Yeah. So now, so tell us, how did you like find out about Operation Miss? Okay, so my husband, he graduated from Tuskegee University and one of his close friends, she went there as well. And she, we follow each other on Instagram and I literally end up, I think I listened to her podcast. Um, 
Alicia Scott and Alicia was talking about um she was talking about Operation Miss and she was saying how it was helpful for her during mm -hmm. labor. I think something along the lines of with her oxygen. Mm -hmm. And so um after hearing her story, I was just like, you know what? Like, this is something I think I might be interested in. You know, I think when I came on, I was about, I may have been like 15 weeks or so. It was, it was early on. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was early. It was definitely before the 20th mark. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember um, kind of reaching out to her about it and uh, she's so sweet and she was just like, you would love them and, um, you know, and so forth and so on. And she kind of gave me a little bit more insight. And then I went on you guys page. I went to the website, you know, I read more about it. And then that's kind of when I reached out from there. Um, she had given me you all's number. And I think I ended up texting Catherine first. Mm -hmm. um, maybe and you know kind of was telling her and then we kind of had a consultation uh about everything and so that's how i actually end up finding out about operation mist um through her instagram and hearing her podcast from her posting it oh yay mm -hmm. so that, that just makes us happy because we love doing these podcasts and these interviews and we always say just like if we can help one person for each episode so we help you from Alicia's episode. So that's that's so gratifying. I'm so thankful. Yeah, that, that happened that way. And I'm so thankful for you all. Y'all just have no idea. Oh, thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. So with like being a Miss Mom, can you? Because people are probably listening. Because we, you know, we speak facts. We let people share their stories mm -hmm. a lot. But a lot of times people don't get like an inside look into like what Operation Miss would be for a Miss Mom. Mm -hmm. like, you can just like briefly like share like what it's like to be a Miss Mom. Um, What it's like to be a Miss Mom for sure would be to feel supported um as you know you have someone that's walking alongside the journey with you you know like you go to the doctor what once a month in the very beginning of pregnancy um until it then goes on to every two weeks or mm -hmm. you know and then you know once a week and so forth but literally like i feel like you need so much more than just once a month checkup you know with the person that's you know, you're going to be in labor with. And so definitely Operation Mist is a support system, um, an extra support system, um, you know, alongside, you know, maybe family or friends, but uh, it's someone that like y'all are able to see our data. And mm -hmm. so um, you're able to tell me like, hey, you know, like both of y'all are checking, like y'all check in on us and you'll say, how are you feeling? You know, your body battery is kind of down or, or what are you doing different? I noticed that your body battery is up, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like learning to, I learned to listen to my body through my watch. So yes. I was able to see like, okay, my body bed is a little down today. So maybe I don't need to do as much as I think I, you know, can do mm -hmm. like, I am carrying a child and so maybe I do need to kind of rest a little today and not only that just kind of like up in my water intake and just knowing that I have someone like watching my data kind of helps me to know like let me do the right thing right right like let me make sure that I'm doing what I need to do um and so you know not only that even just with stress I love being able to track my sleep um mm -hmm. especially because I would <laughs> I would tell my husband um I only got like five hours of sleep last night 
<laughs> and so he was like, really? How you know? You know. <laughs> and so, um, you know, just even being able to tell him about it uh, from the very beginning. And I, I knew my second time around of, um, of becoming pregnant that I wanted to advocate for myself as much as possible. And I also wanted to have the people to help advocate for me and support me as much as possible. I wanted to do everything in my power that I knew I could to say, like, I really tried to do everything in my power to make this go, like, accordingly. Of course, God has the last say so with everything. But mm -hmm. I really, really wanted to make sure that I had all the support needed Mm -hmm. you know, to do what needed to be done in the end. Yeah. And saying that I did it the first time, but of course, first time mom, it's a lot of stuff that I just didn't know. Everything was new, you mm -hmm. know? And so the second time around, like, I just was like, I'm going to do everything. Yeah. You know? Even the second time around, I had a doula. Mm -hmm. I had support. I had y'all support. My husband is always supportive. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was just, I love the fact of being able to have y'all throughout the whole journey, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like y'all were my doctors, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on a, more, on a more informal basis, you mm -hmm. know, your doctor, like, it's very formal. You know, you kind of, you're going in, you know, it's X, Y, Z. But with you all, you're able to express a little bit more, you know, like how you're feeling or... Mm -hmm. Oh, like you just you're able to kind of share more because of course we have more time and mm -hmm. each other's personal numbers and you know different stuff like that so yeah yeah oh my gosh it's such a good summary of like what operation miss is yeah. for you and i really loved how this like listening to your first story because i never heard your first story like this before but like listening to that and then being able to walk this second journey with you yeah. it was like totally opposite and mm -hmm. you described the first one as like unplanned or like lack of control but the way that you just described what you did this time is totally like planned and you seemed like in the center and in control yes that's how it should be yes absolutely yeah so you got a doula and you had us and you had all this other support mm -hmm. so there was like let me tell y'all if i can share like Haley's data health data is better than mine i have no children <laughs> no husband nothing but you know we just like Catherine and i just monitoring Haley like every day and it's like wow you know Haley looks really good like i don't know if Haley's pregnant seems like <laughs> things are fine and there will be like small hiccups and she would be right. like oh we had a wedding to shoot or whatever and it's like okay that makes sense right and um but we would just check in like that but like towards the like third trimester towards the end like i would get more calls like because you were going to the do doctor more frequently and sometimes if you're not careful just little things that they say can start to deposit like doubt in yeah. your mind because Haley had made up that she wanted to have a VBAC this time. Yeah. So a vaginal birth after cesarean. And I, I will never forget this day. I think I was like shopping and you texted me and you were like, they're saying the baby is measuring too big. Remember? Uh-huh. And <laughs> this is going to be really funny once I hear the end result of this second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she was saying that and that's just like a conversation that we have and you have to 
especially the baby's like weight and size when it's inside of you, it's really hard to get it just right. So sometimes mm-hmm. they can be off. So when you say these things, you when you hear these things, you take them into consideration, but um, don't let it be your end all be all. And my baby's too big. Right. I'm like, and you, because people may start to say, because of your frame, if you're a smaller person, mm-hmm. that you're not able to have a vaginal birth. That's a lie. Right. And I've experienced that this time around and the first time around. Mm. I will never forget when I was pregnant with Emerson, my first daughter, that, you know, how you go and you see all the doctors inside of the practice. Mm-hmm. I, this particular one. And she said, wow, did your mother have vaginal births? You're very short. And I said she had two of them. And lo and behold, she was the doctor that was on call when I delivered Emerson. So I felt from the very beginning that she mm-hmm. wanted to feel like she wanted to cut me by having a cesarean. Wow. Like, wow. And even this time around, you know, this one, she wasn't as um, she wasn't as direct as, you know, the other doctor the first time around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there were comments here and there what she say. You're measuring big. I mean, I end up kind of having more than normal ultrasounds in the very end because, you know, she was thinking that I was measuring big, but, you know, they would do the ultrasounds and they'd be like, oh, she's in the right percentile, you know, and so forth. And I'd be like, yeah, but, you know, like just even hearing that after knowing what you want, mm-hmm. like you said, it causes doubt to sit in and it's just, it kind of makes you say like, well, can I do this? You know, like. <laughs> You know, but I'm so glad that both of you all reminded me that, like, your body was made to do this. And Mm -hmm. you don't have to, you know, even my doula, she was like, she was furious when I told her that, like, they talked about, you know, the baby's measuring big. And she's like, she sent me, like, different, um, like, just articles and different things that just talk about, like, you know, why babies aren't technically measuring big and so forth and it was helpful yeah yeah so we we talked about you know you had the doula you had us Mm -hmm. so what happened towards the end of the pregnancy that made you get a chiropractor on your birth team so i went in for my um my weekly checkup Mm -hmm. and they said, um, oh, well, I went in because, again, she was measuring big. Mm-hmm. And while I was in there, they said, she's breached. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because here we are. I mean, we're real close to delivery. Of course, a lot can change. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Okay, you know, and so I go after that, after going to my ultrasound appointment, literally, I um, I go and I see the nurse practitioner and she's kind of like, you know what this means? And I'm just like looking at her like, I mean, I know what y'all are going to say it means, you know, like a cesarean. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I just kind of went along with it and I was just like, okay, you know, and so literally I think after that, I text the both of you and I text my doula and I said, so this baby is breached. And my doula was like, um, you need to talk to her and you need to tell her to get into position and, mm-hmm. she, and you are going to meditate 
And she was like, because if there is power in our words and there is power in our thoughts. And she was like, you literally have to like, once you make up your mind and you know, like your, like your thoughts, your body will follow mm. what thoughts are like thinking. And so she was like, so you tell her Phoenix, we are going to be on the same accord. We are going to get into alignment with each other and I'm going to deliver you vaginally and so forth and so on. And so literally like when I would take showers, I would literally like be telling her we're going to get in, like, you have to get into position. Mm -hmm. have to get into position and not only that when I end up telling you all as well Catherine was like oh she was like well have you thought about c-section massages and I was like what is that well well scar massages sorry mm -hmm. have you thought about scar and I'm like no <laughs> and so she sent me a video of that and then Jessica you sent me some positions to do mm -hmm. and not only that my doula she said um I know of uh, chiropractors here that um, specialize in the Webster's technique. I said, what's that? So she ended up telling me a little bit more mm -hmm. and um, they were, a boy. Well, they are a black owned um, chiropractic company, <laughs> will practice and she was like, you need to try to get in there, it, get in with them as soon as possible. And so she just told me how with the Webster's technique, like they're able to um, do different points that kind of loosen those joints up. Mm -hmm. So I literally, I called them and they were actually closed on that Friday that I called them. And so I left a voicemail. And I end up telling them, um, well, the first time I called, I think I just said, I think I was telling Catherine, I called them and I was just like, hey, I was trying to get an appointment, blah, blah, blah. But then Catherine was like, no, like, you need to tell them <laughs> that, like, you're, you're trying to for a week. A week. Right. <laughs> right. And so as soon as I left a voicemail and told them that, like, I have a breech baby and then I'm, like, pregnant, they called me back. Mind you, they're closed. They called me back and they said, hey, they said, yeah, we got your message. Um, Because I'm like, I don't really have that much time. Like, you know, like, I need to be trying to do whatever I can in these next few weeks, you know, to try and do, you know, to try and get her to turn. And so um, I started that following week. I went in and um, I had a complimentary, um, like, evaluation. And uh, from then on, like the next time I went, we ended up uh, setting up like a plan for me to do. So I literally went to the chiropractor three times a week, mm. three times a week. So um, and funny story, Phoenix is still going now. Oh, cool. She, go, she goes once a week. So um, and my whole family's there now. My husband's there now and everything. That's so <laughs> I did not know that. Yes. And so um, they, you know, they told us the benefits, of course, after having her that um, that chiropractic care for newborns was good for gassiness and colic and um, uh, asthma along the, you know, along the road, like ADHD, AD, just all of the different things that, you know, you have no idea about. Um, and it has definitely improved her digestive system as far as what I can tell. Like she's not, of course she started at like what, two, two, three weeks. So it's, we didn't know much then. Like it's, it's not anything like that I could really compare it to outside of just improvement from noticing within the first, you know, two weeks of life that like she was a little gassy here and there and seeing that improvement, but.
Anywho, um, I started going to the chiropractor and I was going um, and I was doing the positions that you sent me, Jessica, and mm. I was doing the massages that Catherine um, sent me. And literally, I told my doctor at my next visit, I said, I think she's turned. And she said, huh? She's like, we'll see. And I was like, I'm feeling kicks like up top now, like. Like, I know my body. And so, um, you know, it wasn't until that following week where she wanted me to have um, another ultrasound. So I went in that following week. So this is basically two weeks later. And I went in for an ultrasound. And um, as she was doing it, they were getting a weight check, per se. And she was turned. She was head down. So good. What I really love about this is you could have told you, and I love that your doula, you know, told you to use like your words to empower yourself because mm -hmm. when you first got those words of she's measuring big, you could immediately say like, okay, well, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be safe and I'll do a C-section again. Mm -hmm. And you went back and I said, okay, well now she's breached. Mm -hmm. so and, and what did you say they said? Well, you know what that means. Yeah. Right? know what that means and i was like huh? excuse me no i don't but right <laughs> um you could have easily said okay you could have gave up on your plan for your body so many times but you didn't mm -hmm. and the result is amazing so yes. let's keep going so we know that the baby turned and yes. so wait 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 okay because I think, here's the thing, when someone says, you know what that means for missed moms, for real, it means that God has an opportunity to show up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we have an opportunity to trust our design more than we trust what man has designed. And Haley, I think that what you may not get right now is that this story, just like we sent you the podcast of the other young lady who delivered vaginally following a cesarean now you are that to other moms so that they understand <laughs> even when it looks like the odds are stacked against me my body was designed to give birth let me believe in it let me give it a chance to work let me grab some natural practitioners who also believe in the body's ability to deliver OBs are wonderful they are trained to they are trained differently than midwives Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you get people on your team who are trained like midwives, then you get the outcome of someone who is who has gone to a midwife. The reason that mm -hmm. doctors can't pull breech babies out of the vagina is because they stop being taught to do that. There are mm -hmm. doctors who can still pull breech babies out and not have issues, but they are few and far between. And it's because that is not how we practice as a society. So you have done a great service to many women who will hear this podcast. Because they'll mm -hmm. hear it and they'll say, wow, her baby was, her baby was, her baby was. And she won't give up the first, second, or third time. Right. And if she ends up having a C-section, she will still feel good because she mm -hmm. knows that she tried everything she could. We haven't yes. talked about yes. the financial implications of things, but your first chiropractic visit was free, but were the rest of them? Probably not, right? No. You have a doula <laughs> that you paid for out of pocket. You sacrificed a lot to just throw in the towel and be like, oh, okay, y'all just do what you thought you were going to do Absolutely. in the first place. You had too many doctors telling you that you couldn't do it just from the beginning. And you decided, right. no, I'm going to trust my design. I'm going to trust my designer. 
And mm-hmm. then if it doesn't go the way I wanted to, I at least have tried everything. So I we admire you. When Jessica and I talked about you, it Thank took you. courage to do what you did. Mm-hmm. It did. So Thank okay, you. Jessica, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Okay, so I think, I guess I got it. I don't know if you called me or texted me, but it was like middle of the night, early in the morning. And I was asleep, y'all. I was asleep. I usually have my phone on live, but I slept through it. And I and you told me that you were like in labor. You had been for some hours at home. Yes. And how did that conversation go, Haley? I'm drawing a blank. Um, I think I know for sure. I text you and my doula and I was like, hey, like this is kind of what's happening right now. Like I've been up since last night. Literally, my husband and I watched the sunrise and couldn't get comfortable at all. And I asked you, I said, at what point do I need to head to the hospital? And you were like, oh, Lord, it's the three, three, one, no, three, one, one or it was, it was that. Um, you said when your contractions, help me out, Jessica, when your contractions are. So we talked about this for a long time and you have an app that you were sending me like when you were yeah. having the contractions, right? So we want to wait. So you don't want to go when you're having like all of these different spaces between um, the contractions. You want to wait until they're steady and they're strong. Mm-hmm. You, let's look back at the messages, shall we? We talked about, um, let's see, you texted me. Okay, at the time you texted me, you said they were lasting for a minute. They were every six to, six to nine minutes. Yeah. So we wanted to wait until they were the three minutes apart, right? And so once they were three to four minutes apart and they were stronger mm-hmm. and they lasted for um, about four to five seconds or so, that's when we want to go to the hospital. So I texted you back later. They were like nine to 10 minutes apart. So I'm like, okay, how are you doing? That's fine. So then you started, I was making sure that you were eating and everything like that. And then you had said something. That I wanted to have. You're looking for it, Jessica. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain the three one one so people want to remember that. So is that your contractions are three minutes apart, I believe. Each one lasts in at least one minute, but it lasts it does that for an hour. And so if you're trying yeah. to think about the three one one rule, then once that happens, I believe you should be at about six centimeters. So I think that that's what they're you should be approaching active labor so then by the time you get to the hospital you're just going to deliver so that's where 311 came in it used to be 511 but the problem was that people were going to the hospital too soon and then they would end up being induced for having a c-section yes perfect so but for the thank you Catherine, for saying the 311 because i skipped it um what you had told me also was about your discharge Mm-hmm. And so you finally, after you had been laboring all day, you said just had some like stringy discharge, right? So that's your mucus plug. So some people want to know, like, what's that like? What does it feel like? Mm-hmm. And it's different for different people, but for yours, it was stringy, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we talked about that. And then you sent me another picture. Can you tell the people like the app that you were using? Yes, I was using um Ovia pregnancy app. So I use that um, for my pregnancy with Emerson, and I also use that this time around as well for Phoenix. 
and literally it's like it just had it says uh contraction timer and once i figured out like when you explained it at that time because you and my doula both told me about the 311 um i was putting that bad boy to use i yeah. mean i had given my the phone to my husband and everything i was just i'm like listen like every time like i would make a noise or just do something he would be like okay i got it he would be like is it over yet or he would know when it was over and he'd stop it. And so we were able to really track it like that. Yes, yes. So I'm glad you had that because I um I was thinking like people were writing it down. I didn't feel like, I didn't realize they had apps and stuff like that. So that's good. So you kept sending me pictures, and like one example was like six minutes apart, then four minutes, then five. So it's like sporadic. Yes. And later it got to be like more consistently, like Catherine saying, like the three minutes they're um longer and then they're stronger and they're like three minutes apart. And so mm -hmm. then you texted me and you was like, okay, I'm going to the hospital. They're like three mm -hmm. minutes apart. And okay, after that stuff went fast. So you went to the hospital and then what happened? So I get to the hospital. Um, well, let me back up a little. So before I even get to the hospital, like you said, like I'm texting you and I'm sending you pictures. I'm literally laboring in the shower. I'm laboring in the tub. And my husband, he's just like sitting there the whole time. Like, like you good? Like, okay, like you good? And so like there were a few times when I told him, I'm like, I think we need to go now. He was like, no, Haley, like, we don't want to go too soon. Because for one, he knew that I wanted less, like, less intervention as possible. Mm -hmm. Because I already knew from the first time around. And so, um, literally, he was just like, not yet. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, you know, like, like, come on. He was like, no, not yet. Like, you know, like, just breathe through it, you know, so forth and so on. So finally, like, while I was in the tub literally like they started to hit different and i was like okay i told him i said we literally have to go now and he was like you're right and so we literally left um the house got to the hospital i got to the hospital literally at 8 30. mind you phoenix was born at 11 p.m so i get to the hospital um, I'm in triage and so forth. And she texts me and she says, you are eight centimeters dilated. And I said, um, what? <laughs> I was out done. I said eight cent. Like we were literally like, thank you, Jesus. Like mm -hmm. we were just so excited, but still in pain. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. So literally she said, you're eight centimeters. And I was like, okay. And so they rolled me to the back and, um, and well, they finally put me into a room. Uh, I'm in there and, you know, like still just in pain, of course, and having contractions. They're trying to make me as comfortable as possible. Um, my husband knew that I wanted to have an unmedicated birth. Um, and so, I remember getting to about nine and I told him, I don't know if I can do this. And it's so funny because I was so close. Mm -hmm. And Ailey, you can do it. And I, he was like, you're so close, babe. You're so close. And I was like, okay. okay. You're right. Yes. And the nurse in there, oh, the nurses were phenomenal. And they were like, you're, they were like, we can do it, but you're so close. And I was like, okay, I don't want it. I don't want it. I can do it. <laughs> 
They sit me up in princess pose. And when they sit me up in princess pose, my water literally broke on its own. Mm. Broke right then. And so from then on, the doctor came in. She checked me and she said, you have a little bit of cervix on the left side that needs to move out the way. She said, and then after that, you know, we can go ahead and we can start pushing. They said, but if you feel like you have to use the bathroom, they said, you need to let us know. And I was there for maybe about five minutes. And I said, I feel like I need to use the bathroom. Mm. It's time to start pushing. So literally, they put me over on my left side, had my legs up. Yay! And, and literally, I started pushing. Mm. I don't know at what time it was. I don't know how many times I pushed. But yeah, I knew for sure I was lying on my left side. I was in the center for maybe a little on my back and then lying on the right side. But for sure, by the time I pushed her out, it was, I, w- I had just gotten like in the center and she told me, she mm-hmm. literally said, she said, baby is in, she said, baby's heart rate is dropping for one, because she was in the birth canal. Mm-hmm. She said, and I might have to use forceps or a vacuum. She said, has your doctor told you about that? Because mind you, again, my doctor's not on call this time around either. Really? No. And so she said, you've got to push with everything you've got or we're going to have to roll you to the back and you're going to have to have a cesarean. Mm -mm. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I said, I didn't come this far for you to roll me to the back to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. I literally pushed with everything I had and there she was coming out at 11 o'clock p.m. on the dot oh my gosh I know Ooh, that's a, and maybe I don't know maybe they told you that to get you to go ahead and push that baby out like if they had known your plan you know like I'm gonna tell her this and she gonna push this baby out because we don't need to do this Right. Yeah, she literally, she was like, did your doctor talk to you about forceps or vacuum? I said, no. I said, but I know what it is. Mm-hmm. And she said, she said you've got to put, she's, she again said, you're a tiny little person. She was like, like she's like, you're just so like little. She was like, I think this baby is having a hard time. And oh. I was just like, that was like the only thing she had said during the, you know, like, she was a great doctor, but that was the only Thing that she had said during the process of me giving birth and I was just like no like like no Haley like you can do this like your body can do this mm. oh literally when she said mentioned forceps or vacuum she said you've got to push with everything you've got sweet girl and that's what I did yeah. and there she was yeah weighing six pounds in two ounces that's why I was like scrolling like let me see how much she said this baby six pounds Wait ounces that's not is that no <laughs> i mean my goodness I, I, they act like she was going to be huge you're measuring big you're measuring big and and then i like when they put her in my arms i was like she's so tiny and then i kept asking i was like how much does she weigh <laughs> and yeah. they were like Two ounces, and I was like, "Wow!" Because my first daughter, she was seven pounds and eleven ounces, so she was bigger. But mm-hmm. like Phoenix, just seems so little. Yes, yes, 
beautiful. Yeah, because you you texted me. You, you said got to the hospital at eight thirty p.m. with eight centimeters. Yeah, and, and yeah, you had the baby at eleven. Yeah, how quick is that? That's amazing. Very quick. Whew, so good. That's the benefit of laboring at home. And if you know if you're not um high risk, and if you don't want to go like the medicated route, I think it's just the easiest to do. Mind you, you know, because you did the 311 and you waited by the time you got there. Well, how how long was your drive? It was about 30 minutes. Okay, yeah, I remember it wasn't so close. So then 30 minutes go by. So because around like the 311, like Catherine was saying, you should be like more than five centimeters dilated. Mm-hmm. So with the 30 minute drive, I guess that's why you had gotten to eight centimeters by the time you got there. Because you were probably like six, seven or whatever while you were at home. And it was your second birth. So sometimes um, just the dilation and the labor just goes quicker the second time around. Because mm-hmm. I was 39 weeks and two days when she was born. Yeah. Phoenix was, no, and Emerson was 40 weeks and a day. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. then they kind of like probably would have been the same size if she would have waited for 40. Um, right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, Haley, this is um this is interesting because when Jess was like, is that big? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we were listening to this wife and she was saying that 30% of the time they're pretty accurate. That's 30%. You could never pass a test you know, or a grade by being 30% accurate. Right? right. So I don't know why we depend on that, you know, or why mm-hmm. anybody depends on what the baby is, quote unquote, measuring um, for big decisions like, you know, C-section delivery induced, things like that. But the other right. thing that I read, and I cannot remember what the percentage was, but that babies that are legitimately big, like, I think it's over 10 pounds is what they consider quote unquote big. Maybe 10% of babies ever even reach that amount. So it's not even what they actually consider big. Wow. Not common. Um, But people make a lot of decisions based off of that guesstimation. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. Um, But what I wanted to say even more than that or ask you is what about the role of that husband of yours? Right. Like, how do you think things could have gone differently? Because you stayed home for quite a while. I know that y'all were talking about, you know, how much back and forth you had, but you were home for a good, like, 10 hours at least laboring, yeah. right? Yes. And so what What do you think, do you think it would have been different had your husband not been there? And if so, how? Because I think that some women do find themselves in that situation where they're alone during the most critical moments and maybe it's not a husband that they choose but somebody who knows the thing you kept saying that sticks out to me is he knew what I wanted he knew Mm -hmm. I wanted an unmedicated birth he knew about my first experience and we didn't want to replicate that so maybe we may not have our guys there but maybe having someone like your guy who Mm -hmm. knows exactly what you want yeah and can help you mentally so can you talk about his role yeah, absolutely. So um, even before um, we even decided to do a VBAC, you know, he was his main thing was I want to do whatever it is that you want to do, because he said, you know, it's your body. You're the one that has to go through it and so forth. And so, you know, when I did finally decide to do the VBAC, he was like, well, you know, to, I made that decision that this is what I want to try for. He was all for it. And so um, 
I mean, his support is unmatched, literally. And um, I also wanted to, of course, have unmedicated with Emerson, but, you know, we know everything that happened. And so I don't think that if he wasn't there for that support, that I would have been as strong. If that makes sense. And, you know, because like you said, like in the moments like that, it's so critical and you feel like in a sense that you're trying to be the strongest, but you're also at your weakest and most vulnerable. So it's kind of like, like, please give me something to make this easier. Mm -hmm. But literally he knew from the jump that I wanted to go unmedicated. And so he was like, no, like, this is what you said. And like, this is what, you know, like, this is some, it's not like, this is what you're going to do, but this is something that I know that you can do because this is also what you desire. And so, um, it was, it was very, it was very supporting, um, for sure. And even while we were in the delivery room, like the doctors, I mean, the nurses, they were so funny. They were like, we need to put you on our team because really, uh-huh. like I had one of them, they were, um, one of the nurses, she was telling me like, how to breathe doing like the one Mississippi two Mississippi. I don't know if I was counting up or down, but it was so helpful. And he was literally like helping me along the way and then like deep breath. And then, you know, and so, um, yeah, having that support is just, I mean, I literally couldn't have done it without him. Like, because I, I think I probably would have been like, you know, like I said, you're, you're so vulnerable in the moment. Like give me that medicine, you know, like, because I'm in pain, you know what I mean? But like him being there and him like helping me through it, it made me like, I mean, it gave me faith. It made me think like, oh, I can do this. Like he's right here. Like he's telling me I can do it. Well, okay, like let's do this. You know what I mean? And so, but also having someone to understand that this is what I want because if he did it, if I never voiced how important it was for me, to not have that then he wouldn't have been able to be there to encourage me he just kind of he would have been like okay well you know if that's what you want then you know Mm -hmm. go ahead and you can get it but because I voiced to him that like I don't want this and told him the benefits of me not having it as well um you know like that's that's what kind of helped me because I know Catherine you end up telling me some benefits of not getting medication in general, just with breastfeeding and different stuff like that. And so breastfeeding was another thing that I was not able to really do the first time around with Emerson. I was literally, I mean, I had a cesarean and I remember us getting on the call with someone who spoke for our monthly meetings. Um, I can't remember her name exactly, but she was literally saying like, when you have a cesarean, like your body is trying to heal as opposed to after having a vaginal delivery and, you know, like it, things are just so different and, you know, in different alignment after that. And then you've had all this medication after having a cesarean and so forth. And so um, there was a lot of stuff that, you know, like 
you know, like I told you, Jessica, first time around, first time mom, when you know better, you do better. And so this time around, like I told you, I tried to educate myself as much as possible, try to surround myself with people that are going to support me and also educate me with things that they know, you know, and even the videos that you sent me, Catherine, about breastfeeding and stuff like all of that was so beneficial. And here, here Phoenix is almost three months and I'm still breastfeeding exclusively. God, it's just so good. He's so good. And you taught us some stuff too, though. So can you teach our audience? Because the lady you're referring to is Patricia Prime. We are both very much in love with her. Mm -hmm. And she is one of those people that will just give you what you need to know so that you can make the best decision. So we inviting her to talk to you all is one of the best decisions we've ever made. Yeah. Prime. But talk to us about some of the things that you bought to make breastfeeding a little bit easier. Can you tell our audience? Yes. So I bought the Haka um, and I also bought the Ladybugs. And so the Haka is a silicone breast pump and the Ladybugs are basically, um, you know, for your letdown or I could walk around with them as well, like in my nursing bra or something and kind of catch that letdown, especially in the in the beginning months, in the first few weeks. I mean, I was leaking like crazy, like after, like feeding her on one side mm-hmm. like I end up literally creating a stash just from my haka mm-hmm. like I've only pumped maybe I'll say 10 times within this first within this first like within these first three months literally but my haka was like my best friend like literally every time I would feed her I would put my haka on the other side and it would just catch all of it and so um yeah, I just kind of started pumping. I I'll say I pump maybe once or twice a week. It's kind of difficult. Um, not like as in a hurting way, but just time trying right. to find the time because I breastfeed her, you know, on me. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like one of those things. But because I am about to start back shooting weddings with my husband, um, we're wedding photographers, I I'm kind of trying to create a little bit more just to make sure that, um, that, you know, she'll have everything that she needs. I mean, which right now she has enough, but I'm also just thinking about like, we have a wedding this weekend coming up and next weekend. And so just want to have extra, just want to be more than good. Um, which right now I have maybe about 50 bags in the freezer. Um, you know, so like I said, I have more than enough, but I'm just like, I'm just thinking about like, next week you know like the following week and so forth and so um and i mean and i've been using some so anytime i like use them like for instance my husband and i have a date night then you know she'll only have like maybe one or two fees while we're gone mm-hmm. um, and then of course even if she's only had one feet while i'm away well I still need to use, of course, like use the bottle the next time around since that milk is already out and I can't refreeze it and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, I'm just right now, I think because I've really gotten the hang of everything and everything is like, you know, just it's just all worked out. Like because of that, I'm like, I'm I'm now like, okay, I gotta replenish what I'm like, you know, like taking out of the freezer and so forth. And so um it's just all been a blessing. It's been a different journey from the first, but it has, this time has taught me that I literally, like, if I just believe in myself, like, and if I have 
the right people on my team that everything is going to go accordingly. Everything yeah. is going to go accordingly. Haley, Haley, Haley. When you said you were just preparing for the next day, like you know that y'all are going to start shooting weddings again, I understand that your mindset has been what has caused all of these things to go well, right? Faith plus work. It's faith plus work. And when Jessica, you know, Jessica so loves lunch. You like, we love monitoring you. And one thing that I think about though is during the postpartum period, sometimes people don't realize that their bodies are still settling down. Things are, the heart is still getting back to normal, you know, our muscles, our ligaments, like everything. And so you are so forward thinking that I think you understand, well, I'm about to jump back into photography. Now you have your watch to let you know, okay, was that too much this weekend? Was mm -hmm. it, you know, was it just right? And then you will adjust because that's what you've been doing your whole pregnancy. You right. have allowed your body to, to communicate with you while your baby was inside Phoenix to communicate with you. And now you can sit here and make objective decisions so that you don't overdo it in the postpartum period. And so it really is. It's your mindset. And I think y'all were just corresponding about maybe getting back to some exercise or gentle exercise yeah. routines and things like that. It's like that's what it is. It's easing back into what we were doing before. We are now mothers. Mm -hmm. And so all the things that we were doing before, it's not that we can't go back to doing them. It's a matter of timing. Mm -hmm. And just like you're timing, you know, now you're breast pumping and things like that so that you can make sure you have enough. Right. Physiologically, you have to store up enough energy, enough reserves to meet yeah. the demands that you're about to start placing on your body again. So good for you for just continuing to listen to your body in this way. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'm thankful that I have the tools, the watch to even be able to do that, you know, because, you know, I literally, I mean, it's been, I've told people, you know, and even my husband, just in general, like there are certain things that <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine, like, even when I, like between y'all and my doula, I'm telling you, like, literally, I'm like, it's, it's the fact that some people don't even know some of this stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like having all of the resources like at your hands and just utilizing them. You know what I mean? Like, because it's just, it's so much that I didn't know first time around. Um, and, and some stuff that you don't know, it, it would seem like it would be something that doctors would tell you. Mm -hmm. you and so, um, so yeah. That's so good. It's, One thing that Miss um, Pat says the lady, the lactation consultant that was on our like call that week is for moms, especially moms postpartum, they don't know what they don't know. Mm. And like for you, like this second time is different because you learned so much that you didn't know after mm -hmm. the first one. But, you know, when people are tied to the resources, like you said, mm. they just know so much more. So the, the more that you can know, going in and just like what Catherine was saying even if, if you know all the things and it doesn't go the way that you planned at least you knew you were informed and yes. you did all you can do right so just having access to the resources is a huge huge part of it and so 
we're just so happy that you had access to us and, and along with all the other amazing resources that you had because it definitely wasn't just us but um and i'm just i'm just so happy that this story went the way that it did so if you could describe this second birth story in one word then which word would you choose in one word i don't know two small phrase oh gosh um so the first one you said it felt unplanned and you were out of control so this one this one oh gosh i don't oh man i maybe i would say it felt I'm trying to use a word other than amazing. And I say <laughs> that one because, like, like I felt free. Like, mm-hmm. like just once she came out and hearing her and putting her in my arms, like I could not believe I had done it. Yes. Like I just could not believe it. It was just I felt strong. Mm. Like. I literally, like, I was like, there's nothing that I can't do. Mm. Like, literally. Like, my husband was like, you did that. <laughs> it's, like, he was he was so proud, y'all. He was so proud. Yeah. Here's my eyes, because I'm just like, I just literally, like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, I was on such a high after having her. Just like, because I just couldn't get over it. Mm. It was such a good feeling, like even going home and like having the support, like my grandmother came in town for two weeks. My mom was here. My in-laws are here. And I just remember like when I came home after having Emerson and I was just like, I don't know, like, like we, everything was new. Again, I go back to that because everything was new, mm-hmm. but like, I was, I was kind of sad, you mm-hmm. know, cause I, it didn't go as I had planned. And then it was just like, I'm recovering. Breastfeeding mm-hmm. wasn't what I wanted. It was just one of those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm around like beauty for ashes. Yes. I, he yes. To his and it was just, it was amazing. God is amazing. He literally gets all of the glory. I mean, I'm saying like he showed out like how people say God be God and like he be God. Like it was, I mean, it was amazing. So like literally like to any woman who wants a V-bag, like you said, like if there is, you know, like if you're not high risk or anything like that, like there is nothing that is really out there that you, like there's no reason for you to not be able to do unless there's something like important or you know intervention intervention needs to take place like you can do it like i'm literally proof that you can do it okay i just cannot (laughs) when you said god be god and girl we've been praising god off of your story from before you had the baby do you understand that you hear me when you talk about what that doula said we have been speaking life into that baby into you it is and when you talk about power i think that that is what it god gifted us with that power and and the thing about it is to give life in any form is a blessing right and so Mm -hmm. you would you wouldn't take if if you did it again you would have still been powerful with the c-section delivery but but what shouldn't happen is that your power, that 
feeling that you had that you just described, some women go through their whole lives and they don't feel that. Yeah. And they don't even know what they're missing. Haley. Mm-hmm. But I think that in and of itself is a gift. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. So when girl, God deserves all, mm-hmm. all glory. Like this, this, it just just it has right, right? Because when, when Haley first, when she was like, Oh, the doctor up in Tennessee said, you know, I had a small session and you got back down to Alabama, you got down to Alabama and they were saying the same thing. Just and I was like, Well, we gonna convince her, we don't care. We can right. visit her. She's having that vaginal delivery. We don't care. I, 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 I was so scared when the baby was breached. I'm like, oh, Lord. Like, uh-huh. it's to be that domino effect. I'm like, we cannot have that. No, we ain't having that. We speak against it. We pray yeah. against it. We don't play with these, these moms. And it's not just y'all that we pray for. We pray for everybody. But we understand that we have an impact. Like, we can help you believe when it becomes difficult to believe. Because yeah. we've seen it. We've seen God show up, show out. We've seen providers moved out the way, other providers brought onto the team. We have seen, we've seen it all. And so when you say every, every time our faith grows, our faith gets stronger. And I love those words you chose, free, strong, amazing. That Those are the adjectives we want women to have after they deliver their babies. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. And, and and I want to say something else. I know we got to move off from that. But when your mother-in-law left, no, your grandmother left, mm-hmm. we could tell. When we reached out, I was like, hey, what happened? Grandma left. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. It just shows that we're supposed to exist in community. We're supposed to let people take care of us. You are producing, you are sustaining the life of another child when you breastfeed, of another person when you breastfeed. And the fact that for some reason, we equate power with Mm -hmm. independence following delivery. No, the power is in you being able to give life to another human being. Every nutrient that it needs comes from your breast. So when you do, you spend your money and get that liquid gone, you ain't playing And you let other people play the role that they were created to play. Like women should be taken care of after delivery. Mm -hmm. And so when we see it happening the way it happens, it just, Jessica will never be in a position where she is not supported. Not my, right, Jessica? Because we watch it happen. We understand what happens within our bodies when we let it do what it's supposed to do. So even from every decision you made from backing off of the, you know, photography gig and letting your husband go and then sometimes, you know, letting him help out around the house and just different things to honor what your body was asking you to do. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is in the position to do that. And some people, even when they hear their body saying, slow down, take off of work, don't go in today, rest, call somebody for help. They don't do it. And so, so you you have done it, girl. You have yeah. you have done it. You let God be God and you embrace the role that I think every mother should embrace, which is handing over the reins and listening to what the baby is communicating to. Mm-hmm. So very true. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Alicia introducing you to us was the best, right? Just like it was the best it's one mom telling another mom and that it it really can have a ripple effect because believe it or not you made a post 
And a mom contacted us from Alabama and asked us, because of your birth story, because you chose to take the time and post on Instagram. Yeah. Another mom is now, uh, we are privileged to love on another mom. It's because yeah. of you. So thank you. Absolutely. Y'all are amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> this was so fun. Yes. Thank you again for just taking some time out to share your birth story. And like Catherine said, you have already helped a mom and countless others that we probably are not aware of. So thank you. Thank y'all so much for having me. Anytime. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Operation Miss podcast. It is our hope that you leave this conversation showered with love and empowered to live. If you are interested in being a part of Operation Mist, please head to operationmist.org to learn more about who we are, what we do, and how we can serve you.